This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter, um, and we'll begin in verse 6 today. Um, this world is difficult. This world is hostile to us as believers. Um, Jesus promised us that we would have uh, joy, and he also promised us that uh, people would hate us. Um, he, he said, if, they hate, if the world hates me, it's going to hate you too. So we live in the midst of a world that is hostile, and we live as strangers and aliens. Remember, we started in 1 Peter the last time I was here. Um, I'm, I'm going to attempt to try to make it so you guys don't miss out on anything. Okay? Uh, uh, I, I may go a little longer with you guys than I do um, normally. I'm, I'm gonna, I love preaching through 1 Peter. So uh, we talked last time about how we are strangers and aliens in this world. This, this is a hostile world. And how um, uh, we, are, we praise the Lord. It ought to cause us to praise the Lord that, that He's caused us to be born again. We have a future hope that we uh, look forward to. And He keeps us in His hands, right? Um, but now, uh, in this, in this, we greatly rejoice even though now we're, um, for a little while, if necessary, we've been grieved by various trials, right? We, we live in trials. We live in hostility. We live in, um, with sickness. We live with coronavirus. We live with cancer. We live with um, all kinds of disease, sickness, hardships. But we can rejoice. So let's look at our text. First um, Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not see Him, though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, help us, Lord, to, to feed on your word. Lord, help us uh, to be like newborn babes longing for the pure milk of the word. Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. And Father, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to rejoice and to be satisfied in the word that you have spoken to us. Father, give me strength, give me grace as I preach your word. And I pray that uh, as we encounter your word this morning, I pray that we would be changed as you speak and we hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. In this, you rejoice. 
What is this? <laughs> we go back and we look at what we've already seen last week. In this, the fact that God has caused us to be born again. Okay? If we're believers, we've been born again, and it's something that God has caused. We didn't decide, well, I'm just going to start living like a Christian and that caused us to be born again. No, God caused us to be born again. He changed us. He breathed life into us. He caused us to be born again. And in this, in this inheritance that we have, we've been called sons of God. We, we, we will receive an inheritance that is imperishable in, and it is, it is undefiled, it is unfading, it is kept in heaven for us. All of those things. In this we rejoice. And in the fact that we're kept by God's power. Uh, in the fact that we, we may feel weak, we may feel like I just can't keep going, and yet God keeps us by His power. In all of those things, we rejoice. In this, we rejoice. We can rejoice because God has done wonderful things in saving us, in, 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 in making us new creatures in Christ. In this, we rejoice. Though, now. Now. Now we live uh, in a time of of sadness and sickness and pain and uh, we are grieved by various trials. Um, David, you've experienced coronavirus recently and it touches people. Uh, we've lost people in our own community to it. Uh, this is a, a trial, one of these various trials. We, we experience brain tumors like my mom had. We experience uh, pain in our arm, right? We experience uh, 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 cancer. We experience lung disease. We experience heart disease. I just found out I've got very high cholesterol. <laughs> uh, I went to the doctor the day before I started this new job, got a blood screening and everything, and I didn't expect anything to come back bad because I felt fine and everything, but turns out my triglycerides were over 500. So, okay, that's, that's a various trials. I've got to change some lifestyle things. I've got to start eating different. That's a trial for me. <laughs> but anyway, even though now we, we have been grieved by these various trials, hostility towards us, the, the way we, we look at the world outside and we see how, how there's this chaos and there's violence in the streets and all these things, we are grieved by these various trials we can still rejoice in this. And that this is the fact that God has saved us. He's caused us to be born again. We have this future hope. And he says, though now for a little while. Though now for a little while. Uh, it, you know, it seems like it's taking a long time. It seems like, oh, when will this ever end? It seems when you're going through suffering, it feels like, Oh, I don't know if I can make it. It feels like this, this just, there's, is there ever any end to this? It just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. But in the grand scheme of things, in the grand design of God, those various trials that we go through now are just a little while in compared to all eternity. 
And and compared to all eternity in which we will be satisfied fully forever by this inheritance and and we will be new creatures in Christ and, and God will be keeping us by His power in comparison to the eternity of this inheritance that we have with Him, this is just a little while when we face various trials. That's one reason why we can rejoice. We can rejoice Because we remember our lives are not this little span of 70, 80 years with strength. But our lives as believers will last forever and ever and ever. And this little span that we live is just a little while. We can rejoice even in the midst of this suffering so that Verse 7, the tested genuineness of your faith, more, par- more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why does God let us experience suffering right now? Why does He not just take us out of the world as soon as we believe? Why does he allow it so that, verse 7, the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor. God has a purpose for our suffering. And that purpose is so that we can be tested so that that we go through the fires of tribulation, we go through the fires of, of, of trials and the difficulties of this life, and those things are burning away the, the, the dross. They're burning away all the impurities in us. They're making us more like Jesus. And one day, as we go through the fires of this life, we will be able to praise Him and glorify Him and, and, and it will magnify the amount of glory that God will receive because He's seen us through it all and our faith is tested as genuine. We talked this morning from James about faith that is real and faith that is fake, basically. Faith that isn't Saving faith is faith that doesn't produce any fruit. Well, one of the fruits that faith that is real produces is endurance. One of the fruits that real faith produces is being able to have joy in the midst of suffering. If our faith is real then we will be able to hold on to Jesus as He holds on to us as we go through the fires of trials and tribulation in this life. And we get to the end of our lives and we feel like, oh, I don't know if I could make it. But Jesus held me all the way. And it makes us to magnify Him and praise Him all the more. Because of what He's done for us. And we can get to the end of our lives and we can say, I'm real. I had my doubts. I didn't know because I looked at my life and I saw so many different flaws. And so, but at the end of it all, He's kept me through it all and I've persevered until the end. 
And we can shout hallelujah at the end because our faith has been genuine all the way. At that day, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, when He comes again, when He tears back the veil, the revelation, He unveils so where we can see the reality of what it is. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. In the midst of your suffering, in the midst of pain, disease, sickness, in the midst of facing a world that seems to be against us, how can you know now that your faith is real? How can you? Because when, though you don't see Him, Though you don't, you've never seen Jesus, you're not an eyewitness, you haven't, you haven't built a time machine and gone back in time to see the resurrected Jesus 2,000 years ago. No. But though you have not seen Him, you love Him. You still love Jesus in the midst. You've gone through suffering and you still love Him. There are some people who when they go through suffering, they say, oh, I just can't believe anymore. A good God wouldn't let me go through that. But when you've gone through the suffering and, and the, the, the difficulties of this life, and you look at the world and say, how can God let this world continue on in this way? But you still can say, I love Jesus. I haven't seen Him, but I love Him. You can know your faith is real. We don't have to wait until the revelation whenever He pulls back away because we know there's still that love in our heart now. In the midst of this suffering, in the midst of this pain, we trust Him, we believe in Him, and we understand and we believe that He is enough. That He holds us. And we love Him. Our love for Jesus is one of the proofs that our, genu- our faith is genuine. That we can still hold on and we love Him and we don't resent Him for all the things He put us through. That, that's one of the proofs that we know that we're genuine in the midst of this. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. We can rejoice We can rejoice because we know in the midst of all this suffering, in the midst of all this pain, the outcome of it all. The outcome of all of this is the fact that God is working in our lives, our salvation. He's making us more like Jesus. He's refining us and He's purifying us. And He's testing us to maximize our praise of His glory for all eternity. You know what? When I preached this the first time, it took a lot longer. (laughs) I'm only 15 minutes in. I'm going to keep going. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ was indicating when He predicted the sufferings of Christ 
and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news. To you, by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Now this passage talks about the privilege, the great privilege that we have as believers. We have something that the prophets didn't have. And, and we have revelation. We have, we, we've been able to see what the prophets only dreamed about concerning this salvation. This salvation, the, the salvation that, that God has caused us to be born again. That's that salvation that concerning this salvation. It's, it's that future hope that we have. That future uh, inheritance that we have in the future is concerning this salvation. And it's concerning that, that God is keeping us by His power. It's concerning this salvation that the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. The Old Testament prophets were, were looking forward to the time whenever Jesus would come and He would accomplish His work on the cross. It was concerning this. We look back into the introduction of the book here, how, how it tells us that, that according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit and the, for obedience to Jesus Christ for sprinkling with His blood. That describes the salvation that He did. God planned it. The Spirit applies it to us. And it was because of the sprinkling of His blood. The fact that Jesus came and He, he bought us. He purchased us with the sprinkling of His blood. All for the obedience of Jesus Christ. It was this salvation that they looked forward to. They prophesied about. And it says they searched and inquired carefully. These prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah, they weren't the first prophets. They looked back and, and they reflected on the, the, the Scriptures that came before. And we look at the Law of Moses, the, 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 the uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And how that actually points us forward to Jesus. When we were looking at the first few chapters of Genesis, I keep going back and back and back to Genesis chapter 3. The seed of the woman. The promise that the seed of the woman would one day come and crush the serpent's head. And I think that's something that was the hope of believing Israel throughout all of the Old Testament. That was the hope that the prophets had. And as they reflected on the, the, this promise of a seed of the woman, this promise that there would be a, 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 a son of David that would sit on his throne forever, as they thought about the prophets that came before, I think this is what it means whenever it says, they searched and inquired carefully. They were looking forward to the one who's been written about. And they studied the Scripture and they wanted to know, when is this one going to come? When is the seed of the woman going to come? These prophets were looking forward to this and they were inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating. So that they were wondering, what is this person going to be like? They knew it was going to be a descendant of Abraham. 
They knew it was going to be a descendant of Judah. They knew it was going to be a descendant of David. But they, were, they, they had these clues. They knew he was going to be born in Bethlehem. They, had all these, they knew he was going to be born of a virgin. And they, they, they wanted to know. And they were, just, they were studying the Scriptures to determine. And also, not only was it a human enterprise of studying the Scriptures, but it was also the Spirit of Christ within them. The Spirit of Christ was enlightening their eyes. The Spirit of Christ was inspiring them as they wrote. The same Spirit that inspired the New Testament, the same Spirit inspired the Old Testament prophets, the Spirit of Christ was indicating within them when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. The prophets of old, Isaiah particularly, Think about how he said, like a lamb led to the slaughter, by his stripes were healed. What we see in Isaiah 53 and other places that talk about the sufferings of Christ that were to come. They wanted to know when these things were going to happen. And the glories, and the glories, I think here of Daniel. Daniel wrote in Daniel chapter 7 about the Son of Man that would come and He was presented before the Ancient of Days and the Kingdom was given to the Son of Man that would last forever and ever and ever. Right? We've got both the sufferings written about in the Old Testament and the glories that were to be revealed. Uh, Both of those things. The prophets, they looked forward to those things, but they never got to experience it. They never got to to see what it was that they were looking forward to. This is another thing we can rejoice in, that privilege we have, that we live on the other side of the cross. We live on the other side of the cross where we we can sing hallelujah because... God sent His own Son and and His blood was shed to buy us and purchase us for Himself. When He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. They understood that it wasn't necessarily just for their own time that they were writing, but they were writing for latter days. And I think particularly of Daniel. Whenever he had some of his visions, he, he, he even uh, had a vision in which he was talking to, I think it was the angel Gabriel. And, and Gabriel told him, you know, write these things down and seal them up because they're not for your times, but they're for t- the, 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 time, the latter times. And so they understood Many of them understood they were not writing for their own times, but they were writing for the times to come, the times when Christ would come. And and they were writing for us. The Old Testament is for us. The prophets, they're for us. The, the, The Pentateuch, it's for us. The writings, the Psalms, all of those things, they're for us. And they always have been. It tells us here, again, it was revealed to them they were not serving themselves but you in the things that have been announced to you through those who preach the good news by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Those early preachers of the gospel, 
Peter, James, John, the the disciples, as they went out and preached the gospel, they were preaching to these these new believers that, that, that Peter was writing to, the ones who were preaching this gospel. What were they writing? What were they preaching? They didn't have the New Testament yet. They were preaching the Old Testament. They were making arguments from the Pentateuch. They were making arguments from the prophets saying, the Christ has come. The Christ has come. They, so so uh, as, as um, these preachers, these gospel preachers, it was revealed to them they were not serving themselves in the, the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news by the Holy Spirit who came from Him. The same Spirit of Christ that moved among the Old Testament prophets to write those things down. It was that same Spirit who was sent from heaven that empowered these these New Testament preachers to go out and proclaim what they wrote about has now happened in Jesus Christ. And it says, things into which angels long to look. Two ideas here. One, God's plan in salvation. What He planned and foreknew according to verse 1 or verse 2 of, of this book. What He foreknew in His plan was a part of the mystery of God. Even the angels didn't have the full grasp of what God was going to do. And we know it. Because now it's taken place in time and history and God has sent His Son to die for us. To be our ransom. This was the the manifold wisdom of God that even the angels longed to look into. But they even, not even the angels knew. The prophets didn't know. The angels didn't know. But now we who are believers, we can know. Because of the preaching of the good news of the apostles of what Jesus did for us. And also... Angels didn't get to experience that like we do. The Bible talks about how they were fallen angels as well. Uh, um, it wasn't just humans that fell. But there, there is a, a spiritual realm in which there are demonic forces. These, these fallen angels. And God didn't, Jesus didn't die for them. Jesus didn't die for, for, to redeem angels. He died to redeem human beings. These are things that angels long to look in. We have a great privilege in what God has done for us. We have a great privilege of revelation in the fact that we can, we can know and experience things that the prophets long to look into and even angels long to look into. So with all that said, rejoice. Rejoice. We can rejoice in the midst of suffering because of the great salvation that God has given us. We can rejoice in the midst of suffering because we've been saved and, 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 and because we can know of that because we've been, we, we, we still love Him and hold on to Him in the midst. Even though we can't see Him, we love Him. And we have a great privilege that we can rejoice in because we know a mystery that God had withheld for all the ages up until the time that Christ came. We, we, we stand in a better place than even the prophets or even the angels did.
So we can rejoice. We can rejoice. Are you suffering today? Do you have any sickness, any pain, any arthritis? Do you, do you wonder what is the world coming to? Do you look at the news and you just think, I, I don't understand it all? We can rejoice. Because even though for a little while we suffer, it's not worthy to be compared to the future glories that will be revealed when Christ comes again. Thank you.